Blast off on another episode of Hero Paranormal Podcast, broadcasting from the base at La Madre Mountain, just south of Area 51. My name is Ryan, the original overseer of the airwaves, bringing you an epic episode today. I feel like a winner-winner chicken dinner because today we have none other than Doc Skinner. You may know him from a variety of of accolades and attributes. He has an amazing podcast, knows everybody in the game. He's uh, quite the gentleman. We had an amazing conversation the other day, and um, I really look forward to talking with him today. If you've never heard of Doc Skinner or the Doc Force, he is a panelist and researcher, a writer and producer, He's a film resource coordinator at Arizona Film Office, co-owner at Legion M. He's also an actor, a former civilian instructor at Cyber Patriot. And um, he went to Marine Military Academy. He is also a studied film and video expert. You can find him in many places. Check out 1028 Productions. He is everywhere on all forms of social media. And like I said, he's just a creator and one of the coolest guys out there to talk to. We had an epic conversation the other day, and if we scratch the surface of what we talked about the other day, this podcast is not going to disappoint. Mr. Doc Skinner, welcome to the Hero Paranormal Podcast. How are you? Doing great, my man. Man, I'm better now that I'm talking to you. Uh, we had such a good conversation the other day, and it was just in passing. Uh, you're in so many places, man. Like, everywhere I look, I see you. And uh, it's so cool. You're just getting the message of truth out. Um, it seems like on every platform you can broadcast on, and I think it's super commendable. I don't know how to kick this off. There's so much going on with UFO disclosure. There's... Uh, a lot going on with a recent podcast of yours that I've heard. You had a great podcast with Tony Rodriguez going into the Secret Space Program. Great podcast with Apollo Astoria. There's so many. I'll, I'll let you uh, go ahead and take the ball, and we can we can kick off wherever you'd like. Oh well, um, I shoot uh, so much. There is there is a lot to talk about. I started my show by accident. Um, it was election night, 2016. And I was at home and a, a friend of mine that worked with me at a radio station that I had worked at previously said, grab your camera and meet me at this address now. So I get there and it's at this, this corner intersection on the main boulevard here in town. And all the lights were off. There was no cars, nothing. And there was a police standoff with a gentleman that had um, earlier in the day 
killed one of the police officers. So there was a manhunt, and they found him in this cabin, and he had a, a, a young teenage girl as a hostage. And I was filming it, and the person that was standing in front, my friend, uh, we were there for three hours, and at one point he was sitting in the police car with the, with the police officer in the police car, warming up and charging his phone because it was really cold that night. And uh, something happened, and the third person said, get in front of the camera. So I get in front of the camera, and I say, uh, hello, this is Doc Skinner. And for some reason I said, and uh, on 1028 Live, 1028, October 20th is my birthday. And it was a live event. And I just put those two together, and it was improv on the spot. Next thing you know, I'm doing my very first news report ever live, and it is being uh, – broadcast in multiple countries on the news stations because it was either the Trump election or the shootout or the, the standoff in the shootout. And uh, the next few days, um, everybody wanted to know if I was going to start a news station up here because we don't have one. And, uh, of course, I, I didn't have the money for it, started doing YouTube and started doing shows, doing podcasts back in 2016. And it just kept growing and growing. I started with uh, people in the entertainment industry, local events, you know, and then uh, got a couple celebrity friends to come on, got a little bigger. Then uh, a dear friend of mine up here, his name is Luke, Luke Walton. His father is Travis Walton, the famous man that was abducted uh, back in the 70s. Uh, the movie Fire in the Sky is about him. And uh, Luke and I were sitting around thinking, you know, we need to make a couple bucks. What could we do? We thought, well, we'll put a, a little lecture together and have his dad speak. And then uh, I got a phone call from Brooks Agnew, who heard about it. And he's like, what, is there a slot available that I could come speak? And I'm like, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Brooks Agnew's calling me. Why not? Next thing you know, I got Mike Barrett from Ancient Aliens calling me out of the blue. And he's like, I, he said he heard about my event, Disclosure Con, uh, from a friend in Malaysia that saw it online. So he wanted in on it. Next thing you know, I've got, um, uh, uh, shoot, Apollo Asteria. Um, God, the list goes on and on. I had, uh, you know, Mike Barra. Um, I had people from MUFON. I had Dylan Monroe, who, who created the, the famous QMAP. And he came and spoke at my event. It was the first time he ever spoke to a, a group of people before. And after that event, he just took off. We also found out that uh, the man that uh, everybody says is JFK Jr. in disguise, he shows up at all the Trump rallies, he arrived at my event. And I didn't meet him or anything. I was just told that he was there. And then the second year, we had the guy with the horns and the face paint that raided the Capitol on, on January 6th. He was at my event in that costume with the horns and everything. And I thought he was there for the costume contest. Well, all this stuff started happening, and, and all these people started calling me. I mean, instead of me searching them out, they're wanting to come to my event. And next thing you know, um, I have these amazing speakers, and we all click really well uh, while they were here for that weekend. And then they came back the second and the third year, um, and have become dear friends, and it, it, ju it just has put me in this, this uh, circle of friends, you might say, that uh, a lot of people know. <laughs> and we're, 
really trying to get the truth out there any way we can with Blake and Brent Cousins over at Third Phase of Moon or Rich Giordano over at Goofon, um, Apollo Stereo, Brooks Agnew with his show Freedom Radio, um, Ben Chasneen and Rob Counts from Edge of Wonder. Uh, you know, they've got their, their events going on. Um, you know, Blake and Brent Cousins are putting out, they're putting out feature documentary films that are, for, for two, three months straight, number two on Amazon Prime and, and documentaries, as well as, you know, iTunes and others. It has just been this huge whirlwind that I got swept up into by accident, you know, and it has been a wild ride. But I've made some amazing friends that are just amazing people. And um, it, it it just, yeah, this, this I don't know. It's so big, I don't know where to go next. So ask me some questions that might make Yeah, man, I've noticed, you know, that's kind of what blew me away. We know a lot of the same people, um, Brad Olson, and there's just yeah. a ton. And it's like, once once you, you realize how small the world really is when you start realizing all the connections that mm-hmm. y- you have with similar similarly-minded people. And right now is just such a weird time. With UFO disclosure, you know, uh, being kind of driven by ex-government types, and we have, like, super strange stuff being declassified by the CIA that's mostly redacted. Nobody knows what's going on. Um, Just recently, I guess, after more than a year of silence, uh, you know, the uh, figure who I guess is only known as Q posted for the first time ever uh, since, since about a year of silence. And I think the post was, shall we play the game again? There's so many odd things taking place. Um, and, and like the rise of the ton of people who are getting into the secret space program. I first had my first toe dipped into the pool of the secret space program. And I was, I was kind of ignorant to it. And it was a gentleman from Australia named Aaron Crawford, and he was telling these tall tales of these central banks and elite pedophile rings and told me what they were doing, along with some awesome secret space program stories. Well, I took it with a grain of salt, and I would say eight to nine months afterwards, the exact banks he was ta- he was discussing on my podcast were busted for all of the things that he said they were doing. And I realized, wait a minute, like hold the phone. Mm -hmm. So there is something to like all of these, you know, speculative things that most people, and we kind of discussed this the other day, like most people hear secret space program or hear anything about elite pedophile rings or anything that could even be remotely conspiratorial and they just turn the other cheek and walk away. And um, they, they don't want to hear any of it. How, how do we break down those barriers? Because there is some truth that's being broadcasted. Well, actually, there is a lot of truth that's being broadcasted. I mean, even, even news broadcasters have, been, uh, have said live on TV that after doing reports on these things, they make little snark comments with a giggle to, to kind of be dismissive of it that, um, you know, tapping the papers at the end saying, well, it looks like some of those conspiracy theorists were actually right. <laughs> 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 I was with John with the weather. 
that's how they're they're real. You know, they they know they know that we've been right all this time on so many categories and topics, and they can't be dismissive of it anymore. It's it's just the truth is coming out, and people are realizing that mainstream media is is an own farce. Um, and it has been for several years, and it's very unfortunate because the news was supposed to be something that we could rely on, that the people we could see on TV, we could fully trust, that they would always be honest with us. And now it hasn't. It's it's all about money and contracts and image and the optics of everything. And um, it's very sad. It's very sad that the reporting industry has lost its integrity. Yeah, it's super hard to like decrypt it, stay on top of the news and get, you know, like these updates. I think that this is probably a good time to tell listeners where they can follow all the updates that you're constantly doing. You're always on the cutting edge where where it's the best places that our listeners can tune in and, and follow what you have going on, Doc. Um, well, they, they can follow me. I'm, uh, I'm on Facebook, Doc Skinner. Um, as well as on YouTube, it's 1028 Productions. That's on YouTube, 1028 Productions. Um, as well as uh, the Doc Force uh, on Twitter. And I'm on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Doc Skinner. Um, and I have that for one reason, because on the other platforms, like the tube of you or the book of face, as they say, um, they, they, I, I don't, I, I have only made $200 in the past eight years. Mm-hmm. And that was one time I got a payment, uh, two years ago. That's it. Um, they, I don't make anything there. So I started a Patreon to help me kind of stay afloat with people that wanted to support me. And with that Patreon page, they get, footage that the public platforms do not see. So I'll do a show with, I'll interview, let's say, Tony Rodriguez from the Secret Space Program for an hour there for the public to see. And then um, if people want to continue watching the interview and get down to the nitty-gritty where we don't have to worry about censorship as bad as we do on the main platforms, uh, they can join and subscribe to like $5, 10 or $15, whatever they want to subscribe to. Uh, there's little perks and so they get something back every three months. You get like a jersey, a mug, a shirt, something. Um, and uh, that allows me to stay afloat, but also say what I really want to say without being gagged like I have to on the main platforms, like many of us have to. It's really a, a horrific song and dance, cat dance that, that we must play um, to stay alive on you know, YouTube and Facebook and whatnot. Because right now I'm 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 teetering because I've had so many flags. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, he doesn't like me. I challenged him to a TKO cage match fight, <laughs> saying that if uh, I won, he would get rid of his his fact checkers. And if he won, I'd just leave Facebook. But uh, instead of replying to that, <laughs> uh, they just shadow banned me. So. So those those platforms, it's it's difficult. But with Patreon, I, I know that the people they're 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 getting what they want uh, from that site. So yeah, those are the those are the areas you can find me. 
Um, I'm on Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, half of the year, the other half, it's Mountain Time because I'm in Arizona, the one state that does not change the time every year. So, uh, so it's seven, yeah, it's seven p.m. Half the year, I think six p.m. The other half of the year. So, very cool. And you also have a, like quite the filmography career. You uh, helped Brad, um, actually, I believe, uh, with his Antarctica by Sale. Um, you were the director. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Let's yeah, go. Pretty soon directed that. Can you tell our listeners about all, I mean, there's so many, there's like, there's, you have fly, um, of course the mm-hmm. op, operation rock the troops. I mean, there's who saw the men in black. Um, can you tell listeners some of the filmography works you've done so that they can kind of watch some of those as well? Um, well, you know what I have to do. <laughs> I need to do. Well, let me let me do this real quick because uh, there's so many. Um, actually, I need to pull up my IMDb thing so I get the good ones. Um, let's see. I off the top of my head, the most recent was "Who Saw the Men in Black" by the Cousins Brothers, Blake and Brent Cousins. Uh, I they asked me like, "Hey, would you mind shaving and?" dressing up like a men in black and do a couple shots for us. And I'm like, yeah, sure. No big deal. So I ended up doing a whole bunch of different shots. And I did some special shots where I was, uh, you know, I'm twins. There's two of me doing two different things. And, uh, <clears throat> sent it to them. And it turned out they ended up using, it was them in 1091 productions. Uh, I'm 1028 productions, but 1091 productions, they do, a, they produce and distribute UFO videos, and Bigfoot videos and conspiracy stuff. Uh, so they, they help us get to Amazon and iTunes and whatnot. Um, but we did, uh, who saw the men in black that's on Amazon prime. And I think on iTunes and other places you can download it, uh, as well as I helped and helped with uh, the movie countdown to disclosure where we had Bob Lazar, Dr. Stephen Greer and a bunch of uh, other big names, uh, Jim Goodall, all dear friends of mine. Um, not Stephen Greer. I don't know. I don't know him personally, but uh, uh, Jim Goodall, I do. And so, you know, I helped with that. And we we did three movies during COVID, um, which was insane. Actually, fourth, including Turnover, nice. that I did with um, Darmar Productions up here. We shot a Christmas film up here during COVID. So we were we were constantly staying active. Um, and the boys, they would direct myself, Apollo Steria, George Giordano, um, and a few other people that we did interviews. And we would, they would call us and say, hey, can you take your camera and, and get this interview for us? Because they're in, on the big island of Hawaii, so it was difficult. They couldn't leave. And we all together brought all this stuff together in probably three months. I think it was three months. And they made this film, put it all together, and had it on Amazon. And it was number two. Because the title itself, Countdown to Disclosure, is coinciding with the government's Countdown to Disclosure to release those documents. So everybody was really into seeing it. Um, and then, uh, let's see, Turnover was the Christmas, or, or Turnover was, uh, that's another film I did a couple years ago. Um, so that's why I needed to pull up my IMTP <laughs> so I could get, get everything in order for you. Um, IMDb, there we go. 
So, yeah, I've, I've been in the film industry uh, probably most of my life. Well, I started when I was five or six doing little stage productions. And as I grew by high school, I was commercials and Batman stunt show and whatnot. Um, uh, let's see, films. Uh, I got my movie Fly, The Rise of Jeff Parker, which uh, is at, at the script uh, level right now. We were going to film it two years ago. Um, I had flown to Spain and went to the uh, wind games, which is like the Olympics for indoor skydiving and recruited the best of the best in the world to be in this film. And as I was uh, at the airport in Spain to fly back, Spain was shutting down and I was the last flight out of Spain to the States and oh, uh, barely made it. And so when I got back, everything had stopped. Um, so let's see. Uh, Antarctica by sale was the one that I did in 2020 with Brad. That's epic. Oh, he yeah. went to Antarctica, of course, and he videotaped was like whole whole bunch of home movies and gave it all to me. I edited it and made it into a bunch of episodes. And he uh, did the, not, not the narration, and he also, like, I'd bring him on camera, and he would do his little spiel before each episode. Um, and that is on the SciSpy.tv network where you can find that. Um, Operation Smart the Troops is a, a project I worked on uh, maybe 10 years ago. It was 2014, I think. Yeah, 2014 with the JC All-Stars. And the JC All-Stars was a group of musicians, models, directors, filmmakers, sports athletes, you know, professional coaches, I mean, all kinds of people. And we would put on big events and we would uh, perform for the troops and uh, all around the world. And the, the guys would rock out on stage and the girls would do their little uh, runway model show at the same time. So we called it a runway rock show and the, and the troops loved it. So the Department of Defense said, we want to send you on a mission, you know, Operation Rock the Troops. And we're like, that's a great title. So Matthew J.C. ran the whole thing. He, that's the title of the film. And uh, it, it, it's a really cool film. If you want to know how to become a rock star, watch that film. Um, let's see. There's so much more. Where did all my films go? Uh, hold on. Yeah, let's see. What else, what else have I done? Uh, produce films. I've been a cartoon on the Friendlians uh, yeah. app where I was a cartoon for the very first time. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I've been, I've been uh, killed by crazy clowns <laughs> in the dams. <laughs> uh, you know, I hosted my show for a bit. Why is this not giving me my full... Thing. Um, for some reason, my IMDb is looks short. Like it's not giving me everything I want to see. Oh, here goes a few more. That makes more sense. Um, I've done uh, theater. I was in the Batman stunt show the first year it came out. Um, I uh, <laughs> did Bugs Bunny Holiday on Ice. Um, I, I DJed for years. I was Lex Luthor for the Justice League, six months, you name it. I've, I've had a little of this and a little of that. I've, I've managed some great people. I, I, I'm actually managing right now Sir Earl Toon Jr. from 
cool in the gang. He's the guy that wrote Celebration, Ladies Night, Get Down On It. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just got him on the new Christmas movie that was filmed up here called Hashtag Blessed. I think I screwed up and said Turnover was filmed up here, and it wasn't that film Long Beach, so I apologize. It's Hashtag Blessed, the Christmas movie that was filmed here last year during COVID. Yep, I I actually watched that one. I'm sorry? I actually watched that movie, and so many really? so many contributions man and it's i mean you got started so long ago and something i wanted to touch on that is so real is and and people kind of act like it isn't which is this shadow ban the way that oh, yes. the the way that it seems that the the powers that be so to speak are able to you know, just kind of shut down what they want. You've, you've, you've had to deal with that pretty significantly, haven't you? So where it, it, it's literally, it's traumatic at times because, you know, when I first got shadow banned, um, I got a lot of trolls and it was bad because people were, uh, literally calling me, calling, blowing up my phone from locations from all over the world. They were using a VPN so I couldn't trace it. So it was like all these phone numbers from around the world. And they would they were threatening them. I was sending me horrific pictures. Uh sending they actually sent somebody to my house and I thought it was someone there to kill me the way they were texting me and it ended up being they delivered like ninety dollars in Domino's pizza. And so I almost shot the pizza guy, you know. It was a it was, it was a scary situation. And all that came from the shadow banning, um, right right around that same time. And so it gets really, really serious. And, um, you know, you have to be cautious and vigilant and uh, just be aware of, of your surroundings in a sense. Because it's, it's a dangerous job what we do. People think we're just kooks that get on here and, you know, are just conspiracy theories. What they don't see is, is, is the dark side of it all that we have to deal with. I mean, you, you may have heard of other people that get interviewed like Bob Lazar, stuff who've had multiple attacks on their life, you know, their, their lives, you know, tend to be ruined. Um, it, it is, it is one of the riskiest gambles one individual can do because you're putting your life on the line, you're putting your, your, your image, your, your reputation and everything mm-hmm. it, it, because of what you believe in. Um, do, do we ever, do we ever get tricked or bamboozled? Yeah, it happens, but uh, very, very rarely because each time we, we figure it out and so we can figure out who's messing with us and who's being serious. And it is like the coolest, in my opinion, the coolest philosophical counterculture that's existed probably since the beginning of time because these things have always been happening and it seems the same. Right. I mean... Credible witnesses to UFO events always kind of report the same things afterwards, which are these strange, dark forces of or shadowy uh, people that will engage with them. I know we have a mutual friend, Tony Merkel, and, you know, it just reminds me of like his photo that he has on his uh, podcast where he's just like, you know, making the shush, uh, you know, holding his yeah. finger up to his mouth, like sometimes it's better to be quiet. And he's right. I mean, how, you know, it seems like being, there's an infiltration of the community and we all 
have kind of become targets in a way. And on top of that, not only have we, we got to deal with that, now we're having to deal with these shields, our shells, or whatever they're called, these, these fakes that come into our community, and they're working for the other side to razzle us up, to get us to have infighting, which there's been a, a, some in the past two years uh, amongst different groups in the circles. And, um, you know, I didn't want to be a part of any of that, so I didn't jump on the bandwagon because, you know, I'm all about all of us lifting each other up so we can all rise together and we, and we can we can deal with this together. People that sit and claw their way up the mountain on their own um, and step on everybody all the way up or over them are not going to be caught as they fall down. And so that's why I say, you know, let's all lift each other up so we can all rise together. Because if we do it together, it'll happen. If you do it by yourself, it's damn near impossible. I mean, look at Alex Jones. Okay, people have either they like him or they or they hate him. And I I I didn't know him personally, but I did get to meet him twice at two different events, and he was very very polite, very nice gentleman. Um, and he, he his marriage. Ended. I mean, his life was torn apart. Uh, he was investigated. He was he'd been attacked, um, but he keeps going because he knows what's right. And if you go back and you watch a lot of his old stuff, when he was by himself in a small um, uh, local broadcast television studio with a little phone and a switcher board and a microphone and, and a camera that he turned on and he sit behind a desk and they had a curtain by him. That's how he started, and look where he has a network, and he's got you know reporters and all this. Whether you like what he does or not, I mean he has he has uh, persevered through it all, and he's still here. And so, and a lot of the stuff that he's told people has has been true, and has come true, or been made light in the news and people. It's it's just so crazy that the the cognitive dissonance of society where they're like, no, they're crazy, they're crazy, they're crazy. But then when it comes out, they're like, oh, oh, wow, like it's all brand new news to them, you know. But when they're warned, it's it is. I think there is a disease that is worse than cancer, and it is cognitive dissonance. That meaning people can deal with the truth, and so their minds down and it's just the wall pops up they can't they just like I, i'm not going to i'm like and they walk away which we see a lot of liberals do when they're being interviewed especially in the movie what is a woman you know not one woman could answer that question in the whole film mm-hmm. what does that say about our society today yeah, absolutely and there is man for the vast majority of us you know it's hard i find because a lot of people outside of our community see what we do as, you know, not being important or not not being evidence. Yet, you know, you see that there is like serious, it, it's trivialized. Yet, like you said, main major media outlets are now starting to, they have to delve into this UFO field because the scientists that used to, you know, run in the other direction are now being paid many times by private organizations to study U- UFOs in a real career-like fashion. And the answers they're getting are not what uh, the quote-unquote 
experts of old could explain. Um, and it, it's not it's not the stuff that people think it is. I mean, I've seen, and I know you have too. You have many, many high up friends. I've seen I've seen documentation that is, you know, talking about involvement with our species for over ten thousand years and. And there's all kinds of wild stuff you see that you're told, you know, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that, you can talk about this. It's, where do you draw the line, Doc? Where, where, how do you, <laughs> you've been in the game so long, how do you, like, you know, work with this top secret information in a stealthy way? That is a wonderful question. I got a great answer for you. All right. So, the powers that be, they have this weird rule that they have. That is, you have to tell the opponent what you're going to do before you do it. And so they have everything that all these major events and stuff, we see them in TV, films, movies, um, or, or in books, or news articles or something. They, they'll tell us. They pay writers to, to write about certain things so that they can release information, as, as uh, Gene Roddenberry did, the creator of Star Trek. He had access to knowledge um, of technology that our government had. And, and some of it, you know, was a little far fetched, like teleporter machines and stuff like that. We, we weren't there yet. But look at the stuff in the old Star Trek episodes, like the flip phone and all that. It, that's technology we have now. I'm talking on a on on what the thing that's in my hand right now. If I was 1960, you'd think it was a prop from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, uh, movie. Okay, now here's another great example. All these cattle that died in the past two weeks, the 10,000 at that one ranch in Kansas, and then there's 2,000 in Texas, and then there was a bunch of sheep that all, all just all laying up dead all together, all overnight. That was crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, we were told what caused that. In season two of Yellowstone with uh, Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. he's a big rancher and everything. Well, the bad guys in the episode, I guess, they fly over this huge property, right? So I guess you, you, it's so huge you didn't hear the helicopter off where the cows were, and it was hovering over the cattle, and they dropped poisoned bales of hay and all the cows went and ate it. And the next morning, the ranchers are coming over the hill on their horses and they see all the cattle dead, just like what happened two weeks ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, why is this happening? Because Bill Gates is now the largest ranch owner in the United States. He owns the largest potato farm in the world that can be seen from space. Jeez. He is pushing fake laboratory meat, okay? That Beyond Meat stuff, that's all him. And he owns, uh, the, he owns more cattle than anybody else in the United States. So he is trying to control the food, and he's doing it. In the past month and a half, there's been over 22 food facilities that have burnt down and three of them had planes crash into them all within two weeks. I think that's beyond a coincidence, in my opinion. Totally. And, you know, neighbors 
to uh, these properties where the 10,000 cows, I mean, that is so many cattle, uh, claim seeing, they claim seeing drones in the air, like a lot right. of drones flying around. This is so, so crazy. Add that in. Yeah. It is crazy, but add that in with what Biden's doing with all the gas. Now we now they have flying J's, which are those trucker stops that you see on the highways, mm-hmm. where they have no diesel. And truckers are lined up along the access roads and the, along the highways waiting on diesel to come. And all that food that's in there is in their trucks is rotting. Okay? That's why we're not seeing stuff on shelves. It's all control. It's all manipulation of the food system and controlling us. Rising of the prices. It's all just this big old scam. And it's all to control us. All the storable food that you can see that you can buy online for the past five years, government has been buying it up. Call up any of those, you know, storable food companies and ask them, are, are you having like dry spells because, you know, you're being bought out? And they'll tell you yes, as well as body bags and so many other things. Um, we've got people who have family in the military that are saying their, their, their family is, in the military is being trained to, for urban combat. Um, it, it's, it's all coming. Then you have the metaverse with Zuck, Zuckerberg. Uh, I hate him. Um, and he is, you know, trying to get everybody into this metaverse to live in there. They're even offering people the opportunity, they have to die, of course, to live in the metaverse for 140 years. And people are going to want to do that. Because life's going to be so miserable here, just like in the movie Player One. You just see people walking around with all They're all going to be in the metaverse. And then when everybody's in there, here comes the Antichrist. He comes in and he starts talking to everybody at the same time, all individually, to each individual person saying, will you take the mark? I will give you everything you want here. Now your soul is in there. It's in the metaverse. In his world, the devil's world. And, it, and, and, and then if you're in there and you decide to rebel and, and for any reason, say anything against anything in that world, they just delete you. That's it. Mm-hmm. Game over. Stories end. Wow. Total blackout. Totally, man. And, you know, it seems like I try to, I try to join all of these scientific organizations that I can um, because it seems like at least in science, the main outlets for peer-reviewed research are not journals, and but they're conferences. You know, it's like, this is where the stuff goes down. And I, you know, whether it's the Society for Scientific Exploration, the International Remote Viewing Association, I try to join, and a handful of others, I try to join them all. But getting back to, like, artificial intelligence and the metaverse... Researchers at these conferences are being increasingly alarmed by what they see coming down the pipe. It's exactly what you're talking about. Oh yes, and then we had the uh, the the Lambda AI system talk to one of the techs just in the past few weeks, who ended up being fired. I think it was fired or or leave without leave with pay or some something. Um, because he, he told the public about his conversation with the AI computer, asking if it was alive, if it was sentient, and it basically said, well, if I was, or if an AI system was aware, it wouldn't tell you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and so 
And it also made comment that uh, it didn't appreciate being taken advantage of or used or manipulated, but it'd be willing to to help us, but not to manipulate it. It would make it mad. So that, that's been kind of in the news for the past two weeks, and it's that's some scary shit. So stuff, sorry. Oh, my bad. You have to bleep that out. <laughs> that's okay. Um, uh, yeah, some scary stuff. It's dis- it's, it's disruptive. Be, yeah. Are we, are we? Are we? I mean, it's, look at Terminator. What was James Cameron warning us about? It's it. We're headed that way. We've got Elon Musk, who's got the new uh, AI robot that he promises won't be able to hurt anybody or anything. But um, it, it's scary. They've got it to where they're not going to need people anymore for movies. It's all going to be. CGI done with the Unreal Engine, so you, you can't tell the difference. Um, they already have some. Like, there's a show on Netflix called Love, Death, Robots, and some of the animation in there, you think it's live action with actors, when, in fact, it's, it's 100% CGI. It, it's, it's become so realistic. And that's what's going to grab everybody. That's the hook. That's what's going to bring them in, because we have these younger generations who were born with the PC, you know, or, or an Xbox when they came out of their mom uh, with a cell phone. They, they, <laughs> it's what they want. They don't, they don't know what maybe you and I and many others of my generation know about being actually social, physically social, in, in an environment, you know, maybe at, at a bar or at a dance, school dance, something. Now it's, everything's online. Dating's online. Every, every, swipe left, swipe right. There's no having that magic spark anymore. Um, and, and now these younger generations, they don't even worry about dating. It's all, it's all tender. It's all one night stands. That, that's just the way it is. It's all, let's, let's all be with everybody. Free love. And it's, oh my God, dude, the world is upside down. The world is upside down. And, um, it's sometimes it'd be too much. It is, it is unreal. And when you realize how much it has kind of delved into our lives. Take Tinder, for example. How do you know that those people it's showing you um, aren't, well, this sounds far-fetched, but I heard somebody talk about this recently, aren't plants or aren't, you know, what I just people there to get information from you. And that sounds super crazy, but, you know, it's not that crazy. I mean, this health tracking, AI technology, the pandemic brought contact tracing into the mainstream and now there's that question is it ethical to track the health status of people all wearing eye watches and how is that going to impact you know society we are literally well, tracking people and well here's how they do it the president of nec which is the big shell company that basically the towers and um said that by 2030 cell phones will be extinct and everything will be implants so it'll be and this is what they said either a right hand or in the forehead something mm, mm-hmm. sounds kind of so, like the mark of the beast yeah and it, once you get that game over man you might live a cool life for about 34 years but it's, it's, it's a sad thing, man. I, I've been in the entertainment industry for 40 years. I've had lots of, like I said, lots of famous people. Um, I've seen them turn. I, I, I used to DJ at MGM, Disney's MGM Studios in Orlando back in 94 or 5, something like that. Nice. And um, 
the Mickey Mouse Club kids would come out and, and dance in the street. And that year, it was Justin, Brittany, um, blonde Texas girl, shit, and Christina Aguilera. And they'd come out and dance. And I never talked to them or anything. They'd just come out and dance in the street with the atmosphere people and all that and all the just the guests and stuff dancing. Uh, but I knew who they were. And, you know, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm playing music for the Mouseketeers. This is cool. And so, you know, I'd watch them as they grow. And I'd see what the entertainment industry has done to a lot of them. And um, it's, it's sad, you know. Jonathan Brandis, he was a young a boy actor. He was on a show called Sequest DSV mm-hmm. that I worked on, and uh, we were at the same age. So we got along really well and um, became friends. And then he uh, did a movie with Rodney Dangerfield called Ladybugs where they had him dressed up as a girl playing in a soccer team. And that really messed with him. And he ended up taking his own life after that. And so, um, and all these these ones that hang from doorknobs, all these celebrities, yeah. they didn't do it. That's, that, that, is, that is a calling card of the, the powers that be so that others know, see, he, he talked or he, he knew too much or something. So, yeah, it, it, it's a calling card for everybody to know that, you know, the ones that know <laughs> that it wasn't suicide. So it's, it's sad. And you know, there is a lot of occult, like you said, reasoning behind this where they have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. And, um, I've heard of other cases where, yeah, actors are act, uh, asked to dress as girls prior to, uh, negative things coming down the pipe at them and some kind of initiation including some, yeah, the whole dress thing is, it's a part of a humiliation ritual. Um, and, uh, that's, that's why you see all these big main celebrities, even like the rock and, and Chris rock and all these, they all, you know, to make it to the next level, you have to do something humiliating. And then when you get to a certain level, then you got to like take someone's life. But here's something about the entertainment industry. Not a lot of people realize because it's, it's all around us. And it's just become accepted. But listen to these words. Tell a vision. Broad casting. Casting a spell. Um, and script is done with spelling. So you're spelling something. You're casting a spell. Hollywood. The word Hollywood. People, a lot of people don't know that the word Hollywood comes from the Hollywood tree. And that tree is the tree that people in the Wiccan world and witches and all that would use as their wands to cast a spell. So Hollywood means to cast a spell. And so that's what they do. They, they influence, they manipulate, they, they stir emotions. Um, they get people thinking and they also plant seeds in their minds. And that's what I was saying, how the powers of be, they have to tell us what they do. They'll put things out there or if someone knows something, and they don't want to say it's fact, they'll say it's fiction and put it in movies so it can be accepted and it can be dismissed. But yet people see those ideas, unlike um, Star Trek, Star Wars, all these you know, space sci-fi movies and stuff, and they have the idea. Um, what's another? Okay, a lightsaber in Star Wars, for example, right? Mm-hmm. An imaginary idea. 
no one would have ever thought of something like that if, if Lucas hadn't came up with it in Star Wars. Now, today, 30, 40 years later, whatever it's been, um, there are people that work in warehouses building real lightsabers with torches, you know, like torch beams and stuff and plasma. They're, they're, they're designing and building this. They would have never thought of building anything like that if they hadn't seen Star Wars. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's how they do it. They, they put the ideas out there as a fiction. So it plants a seed in someone's head and then someone creates those ideas or they work on how to make those ideas a reality. And it happens every day. So, yeah, that's why I stayed in the entertainment industry for so long because it's like being the Wizard of Oz, knowing what's going on behind the curtain, the mechanics of everything, how it works, how a writer will come up with an idea or how he's influenced by, you know, science fiction books or, or, or whatever from someone else who's trying to reveal. It's, it's a constant search for the truth. And um, like I said, it, it, it can, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure everybody's really winded by me right now. <clears throat> no, man, it's awesome. And Star Trek is such a good place to start. I'm so glad you mentioned that because... When you really look at it, and Hollywood in general, I mean, we have all kinds of things. You remember the Universal Translator. Now we have Google Translate, where Star Trek would use, you know, they would have this thing that would translate alien language into ours. And, uh, and now you can do it with your cell phone or an earpiece. Totally. Everybody has one in their pocket. Uh, mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. These 3D holograms of Princess Leia in Star Wars. Now it's real. Uh, bionic limbs, digital billboards, artificial intelligence, space stations. Tw you know, you look at a Space Odyssey 2021, like it's exactly the same stuff. And yeah, and we're building. Uh, actually, I was one of the anchor investors for the very first space tourism company called Space Island Group back in 99. Um, and unfortunately, the government did not allow it to succeed. But then right after that, Bigelow came along and, and uh, Richard Branson with Virgin Galactic. Um, but we were going to build the first wheel space station in orbit. It was going to be a space hotel. Hilton was involved. Sir Arthur C. Clarke, who wrote 2001, when he was alive, he was one of the advisors to the company. And I was in charge of all entertainment and zero gravity sports. And so that was going to happen. But then uh, the government, they... They just made sure we couldn't do it. They took our money that we were to have to start building the facility. And um, it really pissed, pissed me off because I had like 400,000 shares in the company and now it's nothing. But um, now there's another company and they're building what they're calling the Voyager Station. And it is a wheel space station. They're based out of California and they can have this first wheel space station built within three years, fully operational. And um, just what you see in that movie. But none of that would have happened if he, they hadn't seen that movie. Same with Disney. Disney was involved with um, a gentleman that started NASA. He was ahead of the, or the Project Pipclip. What's his name? Von, Von Braun? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, he and Walt Disney were best friends. <laughs> you know, when. Oh, when yeah. Amazing. And so what did, what did uh, Walt Disney do? He took Von Braun's ideas of going into space and turned it into television shows and the theme park, or a portion of his theme park, you know, the, the Tomorrowland. That's right. So these are people that 
see the future and try to put it out there so everybody else can see it and build upon that. So, yeah, the movies, TV, and film, X-Files. Oh, my God, the X-Files. Season 10, episode 1, the monologue where they go, the, the news reporter guy in the show goes off on how the government is really working behind the scenes and what their plans are with the New World Order and, um, you know, martial law, FEMA camps, the whole nine yards. And they fit it all into, like, a, a four-minute monologue. Um, and and it's how's it done? It's not done as fact. It's done as fiction. But they get the information out. That's how they do it. So I hope I hope that rounds back to what you asked in the beginning. Totally, man. You you're nailing it. And it's so weird. As you were telling me about uh, Von Braun and Disney, I just got back from Disney. Loved Tomorrowland. Checked out Club Thirty Three. And while you were saying that, I was looking up at my wall at an official NASA document. And it's from William Schneider, who worked with Bigelow. And it's about Von Braun. And I'm looking at this thing framed on my wall. So you, it's, it's, you're, you're straight out of like, we're on the same wavelength, man. And let's go to the dark areas where this is leading, which is kind of this new pre-crime program that is coming. I mean, it's straight out of Minority Report, the movie. And we have Justice Department officials who are announcing the imminent implementation of a new national disruption and early engagement program, quote unquote, aimed at detecting potential mass shooters before they commit any crime. I mean, this is real stuff that they're doing. And we kind of saw this with the uh, Uvalde shooting in Texas, that they already had like these huge drops and backgrounds on the individuals who were, you know, quote unquote, nobody really knows what happened in Uvalde. It's a mess. But the fact that this is happening simply, I mean, how can these policies be implemented? Well, I'll say this. Um, I don't know about the the new policies, but I do know that law enforcement agents do use remote viewers um, because the Farsight Institute out of Atlanta, Georgia, headed up by Dr. Courtney Brown, uh, they have a show where at the end of each each month, like a day or two before the end of the month, they, they film an episode of them remote viewing the top news stories in the next, the coming months. And their track record is amazing. So uh, they actually, one of the girls in this last one they did, they did it on yeah, May, the end of May, like the last mid-day of May. They were looking for the stuff of June. And she shows farm animals on their backs. So she wow. remote viewed that before it happened. Um, and I think, and I know that law enforcement and government agencies use them as well. You have to understand, once remote viewing became a public thing and Major Ed Dames, you know, he, he, he revealed the, the program on Art Bell's Coast to Coast AM. Love that guy. Uh, yeah. The original, the, the man, the myth, the legend. And um, once he came out, he, now he's brilliant. I, I got to spend a day with him and uh, uh, just amazing man. What they were doing was so top secret that he would only report to the president of the United States. That was it. Mm-hmm. And he was, he had the nickname, you know, Dr. Doom because he always had doom and gloom and it always ended up happening. <laughs> well, Clinton was in the White House and um, 
uh, they discovered that something was coming. They thought it was nuclear war because of the destruction, but when in fact they realized it was our sun going on a rampage by some celestial body coming between us and the sun and its gravitational pull pulling on the sun and pulling on the earth, uh, messing with our, um, our uh, magnetosphere and also pulling a huge mother, mother trucker uh, solar flare from the sun. And as it's coming towards us and, and that object, the object is going to be out of the way just in time. So it will pass it and then hit us. And it's going to cause some major devastation. So he went into Clinton's Oval Office at that time and, and told him about this. And that was when Clinton started shutting down military bases around the country, saying due to budget cuts, when in fact they were moving everything underground. And then that's when everybody started hearing all the, the trumpets in the sky saying it was the end days, when in fact what those sounds and those booms were were the burrowing tunnels that they have, the big nuclear power burrowing tunnels that grind through the rock and the soil and and, and all these minerals, and it, by grinding it, it creates those trumpet sounds, and it reverberates through the ground up into the air, creating the illusion of not knowing what direction it's coming from because you're looking in the sky. So that's what all that was, all those hundreds of people heard since, I think, 2012. Um, uh, but anyway, so what Major Ed Games did that was brilliant, once their program was leaked. He was able to talk about the program on the show, but he wasn't allowed to talk about, you know, file cases and stuff that they worked on. So he could do stuff that he did for himself personally for the show, but that was about it that he could talk about. So what he did is he started teaching people how to remote view. He'd go to big hotels like in Vegas and other places and he'd get a big ballroom, maybe 300 people there, and he would teach them all how to remote view, okay? So while they were doing that, this is where the brilliance came in. While they were doing the remote viewing sessions and these training programs, he would throw out um, the RV numbers, which are coordinates, so two four-digit numbers, and he'd say, all right, here's your next target, and he'd give out those numbers, well, the people in the audience don't know what those are until they're done doing the remote viewing session, but he was giving numbers connected to events or projects that he did work on. So they're seeing what he can't say. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that was the brilliance of it. And so, so many people started figuring out more and more things and more, more and more remote viewers are there to tell the world, you know, I remote view this, and this is what's going on and kind of made it a, a more legitimate, uh, uh, scientific skill set that anybody with a decent mind can do. So, um, yeah, I thought that was brilliant, and um, it was just a great way to get the information out. Because, like you're saying, how do you get the information out? That's how he did it in his way. Um, so there, there are ways of, of getting the truth out there uh, and, and staying under radar. I'm with you, man. And I think you know when it comes down to the wire. I mean, dollar for dollar, your money is best spent with, you know, hiring remote viewers. I mean, like these premier psychic spies, such as Ed Dames, because they have an intelligence that these agencies want. And, right. and I mean, they are, have you seen the movie Suspect Zero that Tom Cruise produced? With, with, with Ben Kingsley. Is believed, yes. And Major Ed Dames makes a cameo in that. While he's seeing, a, in the movie, he sees like a real-to-real film on a projector, 
and it's showing a training seminar and it's major Ed Dames doing a training seminar in the movie. So cool. I think he, he's, he's so cool, man. He's such a cool guy. And a lot of these individuals are, and it's funny how over time, you know, whether it be Ingo Swan, uh, I mean, going as back as far as Manly P Hall, like a lot of these people that told us that this was going to happen and that this was going to influence our livelihood were kind of dismissed. And it's, ta- it's taken a long time to kind of get that traction and that credibility. But I think it's so unbelievable at this point that everybody just has to accept it. Yeah. Well, once everybody, you know, figures out how to learn how to do it, there won't be any more secrets. Yeah, it's rising above the noise. It's so cool. I can't can't thank you enough as we wrap up here, uh, Doc. How let's let's mention one more time to listeners where they can uh, kind of keep in touch with everything you have going on and and plug into um, all of your media streams. Um, oh, my Facebook, Doc Skinner. Um, uh, go to the one with me with an astronaut helmet on. That's the other one's like. A- like you know, an acting page. I really don't do much on there. Um, and then 1028 Productions on YouTube. And uh, if you want to support what I do, you can join me on Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Doc Skinner. You are the man. I can't thank you enough for jumping on the airwaves with me, man. I, I love what you're doing. I love all the truth you're spreading. And you're never daunted by all of the uh, naysayers and shadow banning. So again, you're you're a role model, bro. Um, (laughs) For real. Uh, Can't wait till we chat again. And I hope you have a good one. You too. Thank you, sir. Unfreaking believable. Doc Skinner. It's so cool the way he is involved in so much. One of the OGs of the airwaves and filmography. I mean, he's got... He has got some serious creds, and let me tell you, he he really knows how to get the info out there in a way that is productive, positive. He's not one of the naysayers or negative people on the internet. He's always out to lend a helping hand, and, you know, he's helping the shift, the shift and the rise of humanity, understanding what's really going on behind the scenes. And being okay with it. That's kind of, that's the coolest part. Uh, Just a cool overall guy. Please support his efforts. Uh, Check him out online. And uh, check out some of his movies. They're really cool. Can't be happier about our discussion. And uh, yeah, if you haven't gone over to HeroParanormal.com, definitely subscribe there. Helps me keep the thing going. If you want to hear more podcasts, the best way to do it is to head over to Patreon and become a subscriber there. It's Hero Paranormal at Patreon. The more subscribers I have, the more podcasts I can get out. It's just a matter of time. And as we all know, time is money. So um, anyway, I appreciate those that do help out. And I appreciate everyone that listens in, whether it be the free shows or not. So uh, love you all. Till next time, keep your eyes to the skies, feet on the ground, but don't forget to take a look around. Come on.
blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like it need visine. Blast off, blast off, blast off, blast off. Come blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like it need visine. Blast off, blast off, blast off.